Tom Abrahor of the Meseheski Dushin Davhof, Dalitris Davtis Kosses. A wife's Meiser Shani, whether she needs to bring a Choymesh, that's, the, that's the, the conclusion of the Sugya. Whether a wife or an Evid can have their own Kenyan without the master of the, of the husband. And then we discuss Rosh Evarno, how an Evid can only goes free when he loses a limb, which limbs are included. What happens if. He loses a limb. Does he require a get shechor as well? What ha- what's the halach about damaging, not physically, but using sound? Now we were discussing whether an evet or a wife can have their own property. An evet can be freed without the master owning the money that he's buying himself out with. The Rabbanan said that he can go free with someone else's money, and the mayor says that he cannot. The problem is we have a brisa, which is mashma exactly the opposite. The mayor says that you can, the Rabbanan says that you cannot. What's this brisa? The brisa is discussing Meiser Shani. Meiser Shani is brought in year one, two, four, and five of Shemitah. And the machloikas is as follows. The Rabbanan hold that a wife... Who's bringing Meiser Shani? We're assuming that she's bringing her husband's Meiser Shani from her husband's field. She doesn't need to add, uh, she, she must add the Choymesh, the fifth, which is our 25%. When you're paid there, there's a, a bit of a knasa, a fee, that if you're going to be transferring your Meiser Shani onto money and then going and bring that to Yerushalayim to spend and eat that, there there's a 25% fee. So the mayor holds that the wife must add the Choymesh. Uh, that's the Tanakama. Rabbi Meir disagrees. And he says that a wife can be paid without the Choymesh. Now, whose Meiser Shani is this? And whose money is it being paid on? If it's the husband's money and the husband's Meiser, then she's just his Shliach. He definitely would need to add the Choymesh. It's all his. Elamai, it's her money. And if it would be her meiser as well, the pasuk says ish, which excludes an isha. What exactly this drush is? Either Rashi says that only the husband has to have the chaimish, not the wife. Tosa says that no, it's only men, not women. So she would not be required to have the chaimish. Elamai, we're talking about exactly our case that we presented at the end of yesterday's daf, where someone gave her this. Mona, on the condition that it is to be used to be paid to the miser. But here a mayor and the Rabbanon hold exactly the opposite. Over here a mayor says that she is allowed to and the Rabbanon says that she can't. So Abaya gives the first obvious answer, just flip the sheetas, so it matches perfectly. But Rova says no. You could even stick with it, but over here by miser it's different. There's another machloikas that's going on in the Braise. A mayor is going with Shitasai. In the Machlekes, whether Meiser Shani money is property of the person who's being paid it, or it's property of Hektish. So your mayor holds that it's the property of Hektish, a.k.a. not the husband's, and therefore there's no requirement for a Chaymesh. But according to the Abonon, they hold that the moment is moment Hedyot, so she's just doing the stichas of the husband, and would require a Chaymesh. Nothing to do with whether this this tenai, so to speak, if the money was given to her on the condition that it's used as a pigeon, as long as to do with that, it's a totally separate mach like us. Now, back in our, our Mishnah, we had discussed that the evidence goes free if he loses one of his main limbs, and the Brisa adds, not only if he loses a tooth or an eye, 
any limb that won't grow back frees the Eved Kanani. If the master damages it, David Kanani goes free. Now Shane and, and Ayin, those are those are Befeirish in the Pasuk. How do I know every other limb that doesn't grow back? So we learn it out from Shane the Ayin, because Shane and Ayin, those are both open mumen, blemishes that anyone can see. Plus, they don't grow back. So so to any mum, which is out in the open and doesn't grow back, will free the Eved Kanani. The Gemara says, well, how can you learn it out from Shane Va'ayin? Shane and Ayin are two separate things in the Pasuk. And there's snake suvim, haboin ke'echad. And we don't learn it out. We assume that since the Torah added not just Shane, but also Ayin, not just Ayin, but also Shane, it's limiting it to only Shane and Ayin. But the Gemara says, no, no, no. The Torah had to write Shane and Ayin. It's not an exclusion. If it had only said Ayin... Well, if, I, if I had only said Shane, I would think that even a baby tooth, that which is going to fall out anyways. So that's why it adds iron. If it had only said iron, I would think that an iron is something which is born with the person, but a Shane, which goes later, maybe that wouldn't qualify to free him. So Kamash Malan, both Shane and iron, but it's not ex- exclusion, ex- excluding. I maybe... I can ruin your drasha, says the Gemara, because we also have the puzzle Kiyake, which is a claw. And then we have Shane Va'ayan, which is a prat. When you have a cloud and a prat, you're limited to what the prat, what the Shane and Ayin is. Maybe it's only Shane and Ayin and not any other limb. Ah, then Gemara answers. That's why we have the, another puzzle of Lachovshi Shalchenu, which is another cloud. When you have a cloud, prat and cloud, then you learn something similar to the Prat, similar, similar to Shane and Ayin, just like they are a, an outright mum which doesn't grow back. So, so to anything, we pull it back into a claw form, which is out in the open, it's galoi and doesn't grow back, that will set him free. But hold on, if we're learning out from the Prat, maybe it should only be a mum which is galoi, it's revealed, people can see it, and the limb is also no longer usable. Plus, it doesn't grow back like Shane and Ayin. And the Brisa tells us that if the master pulls on his beard and it dislodges the jaw bone, he still goes free, even though it's still functional. He can still eat. It just hurts a lot. Ah, the Gemara says, no, that was special. The Chofshi Yishal Chenu in the Pasuk includes even if the limb is still usable. Ah, if the Chofshi Yishal Chenu is inclusive, then even... If he hits him in a way that it will eventually hits him on his hand and like withers up, but it will come back, that should also free him. And the, and the Bryce says that, that it doesn't. Why don't we also include that? And the Gemara says, no, no, we have Shane and Ayan, which are exclusive. It's only Shane and Ayan like limbs that'll set him free. So we exclude things that don't go back and we include things that aren't mevatel melachtoi. Now the Gemara brings a machloikas. If the Evid has this, this limb injured, which is going to free him, does he still require a get shechur? So if Shimon says yes, or Meir says no, Rebeliezer says yes, Rebbe Tarfin says no, and Rebbe Kiva says yes, those require also a get shechur. And there were those in the Chachamim who set up an opinion in between. So according to Rebbe Tarfin, that you shouldn't require a get shechur as well. By Shane and I, you know, that's Beferish in the Torah. But I hear Rabbi Akiva that he does require a Get Shekhar as well when it's only Midir Abanon. 
Then you also need to get Zecher to free the Amdush boy. It's just a knas from the Chachamim. The Gemara says, well, that knas. It's a drush from the Pasuk. Yeah, but it's, since it's a drush, it's still Midir Abonon. Now, why does Rabbi Shimon say that he does require a get Zecher? He learns it out, Shiluach, Shiluach, from a woman, just like a woman requires a get. A star to go free, so to an it requires a star. Rameir says he doesn't require it because the word Chavshi in the Pasuk was written before Shein and Ayin. Since it was written afterwards, uh, if it would have been written afterwards, in a Hanami, you would require a get. But since it's written before, it's mashma that losing the limb already frees him entirely. Next, the Gemara learns that yes, if the master hits him in the eye and blinds him, or hits him in the ear and he goes deaf, Evet is free. But if he hits near the eye and he goes blind, from the shock or the pressure, eh, or maybe not pressure, or it's near his ear and the sound deafens him, David would not go free. If Shimon tells Javashi, if Shaman tells Javashi, you trying to tell me that the sound doesn't count as hezek, as damage? We have a Braisa that tells us. Romy Barichesco says if, so, if a chicken, if, if a person's chicken sticks his head into a, a glass vessel and screeches and shatters the glass, the master has to pay full damage. Yosef says from the Beirav that if a horse is neighing or a donkey's braying and that breaks the cle, just the sound in the house, he has to pay chatzin as like we see the sound is definitely considered a mazik. The Gemara answers yes when he's damaging Caleb, it definitely is something. But when the sound is damaging a person, that the sound maker is not responsible for. Since the person is a bardas, he scared himself. The Brahis that tells us confirms this psak that if someone scares his friend, his part Medina Adam, Medina Shemayim. If he makes a crazy loud noise, he blows a horn into his ear and he goes deaf, he's potter, technically. But obviously, he's But if he were to grab his ear and blow into it, since it was a physical action, he would be chayed for deafening him. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.